Hi everyone, welcome back to Reader's Table, the podcast where two story lovers talk about books, movies and stories of any kind. I'm Nick. And I'm Priscilla. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about The Courage to be Disliked by Ichiro Kishimi and Fumitake Koga. Stay up to date and join the community on Instagram at Reader's Table. If you want to support us and are looking for exclusive content, use our Patreon link in the description. This is the third season, third episode. How do you feel recording this? Because it's a book that you... Did you know you were going to do this on the podcast when you read it? Or did the thought come up as you were reading it? Actually, I started reading it and then I thought, why not? I think this book can be beneficial for a lot of people and I just and I really enjoyed reading it. But did you already know before you started reading it? No, no. I was I just picked it up because it's a not a fiction. It's an yes, actual it, So maybe let me introduce the book quickly properly. Yeah. yeah. So today we're talking about the courage to be disliked. It's it was written by Ishiro Kishimi and Fumitake Koga two Japanese authors. Exactly. It was published in 2013 and is not a very big book. It has 280 pages, 88 pages, and it's nonfiction and philosophy, self-help. And I haven't read philosophy like yeah, I always try to What's the last self-help book you read? Um maybe you should talk to someone by Laurie Gottlieb. Hmm. Do you if think reading? I think I haven't read something. Oh, no, actually that's not true. Jay Shetty? Yes, Jay Shetty. That Maybe the question I should have asked is not when was the last silver book you read, but when was the last silver book you read that you remember in a like profound way? Because that's the important ones, right? Exactly. So that was Jay Shetty yeah. and Laurie Gottlieb. There, there's some uh, not aftermath, but some some vibes that I still have from mm-hmm. listening to it. I think two years ago, mm-hmm. because that that that's just no. Jay Shetty me. was like last year. No, but Laurie yeah. Gottlieb. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That was two but years. But Jay ago. Shetty was this year. Jay Shetty has uh, a podcast on purpose, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of content on YouTube as well, I believe. And he yeah, he writes can... books and stuff, so check him out. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some good interviews on there. Yeah, and you shared some stuff with the book. But this one, tell me a bit about how did you get to this book specifically? Because you said it is self-help, but it focuses on philosophy or a philosophical aspect in the form of trying to teach advice so how did you get to it because i know you're not that much into philosophy not that you wouldn't like it but maybe it's just not that much of an interest actually it was during a phase where i read a lot of asian books like by asian authors Mm -hmm. and i felt like i wanted to give it another shot also because i was at that time i felt a bit out of place unbalanced and I had this inner conflict where I was like well it's a self-help book I don't know if it's really gonna help me mm-hmm. and that dialogue so I opted in for it and I thought you know just give it a shot maybe maybe you can take something out of the book and that is the main thing you know if you can take at least one thing out of a book it already helps you so tell us a bit about the authors we know they're from Japan are they scientists are they in the field of psychology are they in the field of philosophy like what is their do you know a little bit about them? I have to admit, I didn't care much about the authors when I read this okay, one. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I was but just I curious. think they're philosophers or at least psychologists. Okay, I was just curious because I wasn't sure when I said like, oh, they're Japanese, but that's not their own, that's not the most important attribute. Like, it's interesting to have philosophy books like that 
from different cultures but maybe it will also be nice to know like for me at least whether or not there are doctors in a certain type of field like medical and or like you know the phd i think they do have uh, a degree because otherwise it's about adlerian psychology yes so you know in order to really know about it you you still have to work with it to be able to write a book and i think it is still quite profound but maybe for our listeners quickly what the book is about mm-hmm. uh so actually this book claims to show you how to unlock your uh, unlock the power within yourself to become your best and truest self like we all want to mm-hmm. <laughs> and change your own future and find lasting happiness well as i already mentioned it draws back on theories on the theories of alfred adler adler was part of the holy psychology trifecta along freud and jung so yeah Carl jung being swiss <laughs> yeah <laughs> What's special about this one? I haven't read any other self-help books in that style yet, so I can't compare it. But special to me is it's in the Socratic method, which mm-hmm. means it's a conversational style like we have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Discourse. Yeah, there is the youth and the philosopher. Yeah. Shout and, out to Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> and they both talk about different topics throughout the book. Um, the book is divided in five parts. One is den- deny trauma. Second is all problems are interpersonal relationship problems. Third is discard other people's tasks. Fourth is where the center of the world is. And the fifth chapter or fifth part is to live in earnest in the here and now. So to take a step back quickly, mm-hmm. um, for maybe for some listeners, this is confusing, the discourse style and stuff. Essentially, what this means is that there is two personas mm-hmm. in the book presented that have a dialogue throughout mm-hmm. the whole book. And through the dialogue, these ideas are expressed and explored. And the one character or one person that is described in the book is basically the authors, probably, right? Like they're the philosophers, the ones that have the knowledge. And the other person is like the audience, you reading the book, the readers. So how did the style of this book, it being not, okay, here's the information, this is what it means, here's an example, it being discourse, Here's two people talking to each other. How did that affect your reading experience? I think it helped me immensely to understand certain topics because I oftentimes found myself in the position of the youth and meaning like I represented the same thought patterns that he did in the book uh, or the, the same limitations, so to say. Through the discourse style, it was easier for me to open up to certain ideas and to understand certain things more in depth but i have to say it's also a book you read it and either you you're good with it or fall into a rabbit hole and and think about it constantly and that actually happened to me mm-hmm. but that might also be the case because i rarely read philosophy or psychology i think it's just books. normal because it happens to me i think it happens to everyone as soon as you get and you're intelligent right so as soon as you get, well. <laughs> yeah, you're smart. So as soon as you get a smart person or like, you know, you have to have a certain degree of intelligence to ponder on these questions and to think about these informations. So do you think information like this, when it's a book that's non non-fictional and maybe self-help specifically, do you think that information like this should be presented in that way rather than just uh, a theoretical way, just like Ikigai or? It always depends on the topic for Ikigai. It, it's fine you know if they which do is it another the, book yeah it's uh, just a book you read yeah. you, you learn the con- you learn about mm-hmm. the concept 
with this sort or with the type of uh, discourse discourses you have like in represented in a book it makes more sense to do it in a conversational style because i could always follow and understood most of it that's always difficult right like people can tell you or you can in like you can take it out of the conversation that is being presented in the book yes but if you don't come to the conclusion yourself if it's not coming from you then it doesn't mean as much somehow and then that's how you go into the rabbit hole because you're trying to find the answer but somehow all all the doors are locked and there's no keys right to Mm -hmm. use a metaphor that makes no sense at all but uh (laughs) you know what i'm saying yes so i think this book really showed the showed up the contradiction i held inside of me like inside of my mind I thought this way but then I also had experiences in that other way and mm-hmm. somehow that didn't match and you know it, it begs the question for me always you know what's right what's right or wrong mm-hmm. and when you read those types of book and that's why you also shy away a lot from it um, is you, you really have to ponder or you're led to pondering mm-hmm. on those questions yeah I feel like with these kind of books I'm going to ask you a bit more specific to to specifically to give maybe an example or so like what you've what you've gathered to maybe get some quotes out of you etc but I feel like with these kind of books it's always like that that we start or at least for me I start questioning these things too and then I start maybe going down a rabbit hole and then it's nice to just let it be and then somehow I'm questioning you know like, did I even learn anything because this was all passive for me so I don't have an active experience from it and then later down in the line like in life something happens and then I realize oh now I have this backpack of things that I can use like this tool you know Mm -hmm. that I can use that I didn't understand before but now it sort of makes sense so it's always nice to go back to Um, so I think it's useful in either way but anyways um, if you would please uh, maybe give us some actual examples of the book where you feel like you learned something or maybe where you feel like you struggled with it maybe you want to name some quotes mm-hmm. i'm going to let you go ahead and take the take the wheel here so uh, it's a bit difficult to just focus on one thing because there were so many things that led me to thinking but i think the chapter that influenced me the most was a chapter the part was part two Uh, all problems are interpersonal relationship problems and that's something I always struggle with like the comparison to other people and to feel inferior to others so one thing that I noted here and it's so simple we all know it but sometimes we just need to read it is that uh, a healthy feeling of inferiority is not something that comes from comparing oneself to others it comes from one's comparison to one's ideal self. And I think that led me to ponder on the question, you know, with all the influence from around the world, who am I really? And then comparison, you want to be your best self, but that's always changing. It's evolving. So how do you really know where to start and where to end? And you know, there's still influence from the outside world. Society is built like that, that you that you need to have the fanciest bag or car or that mm-hmm. salary or that position. And to navigate in a world like that is not always easy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe also in regard to that quote, um, to me, it also means you have an idea of an, like an ideology, almost an idea of who you think you want to be it's not that you're not there yet 
that makes it difficult, but it's maybe that you don't need to go there that makes it difficult to think about these things. It makes you feel inferior. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, at least for myself, I feel like when I think of what I think my higher self should be, and I think about it right now, for example, I feel like there's probably aspects that are nothing like me at all. And that would be foolish to pursue because it would just mean that I will suffer from it, you mm -hmm. know, because I'm I'm chasing something that that's not going to make me happy. And that ideal self is influenced, I think, by other people because you look at them and you're like, oh, that's like how I should be. Right. Like, I need to have that thing about myself, even though it's nothing like you. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so distressing, I think, right? Yeah. And to... Something we all can relate to, right? Yeah, and yeah. this is actually a perfect segue to another thing I mm -hmm. noted for myself. It's from part three, um, discard other people's tasks. And it's, again, very simple. We all know it, but the application is not always that simple. And in the book, or like throughout the discourse, the sentence uh, is said, you are not living to satisfy other people's expectations. And I don't know, it's, it's very, it's so on the nose, but we still do it all time, mm -hmm. me included. And it was again, sort of a realization when I read it. And I just thought, okay, he's actually right. Why am I doing it? I might be, feel very comfortable just wearing sweatpants to go to the grocery stores. And then I see someone fully dressed up and with makeup and I'm, I'm feeling inferior again. That's not how it's supposed to be. Like the other person, if, if that person thinks I look underdressed, just, yeah. yeah, underdressed, that's oh. her task. Yeah. So it's her problem that she needs to deal with. It's not your issue to take care of. And one last thing that stuck with me is that it's okay to be normal. People think normality equates to being incapable, according to the book. And, you know, it makes sense. If I think about it, then I honestly have a similar feeling about it. I found myself thinking, yeah, I sometimes feel like that too. When I look on social media, other people are doing this and that. But then I have to calm myself down, ground myself and you know say that, i'm actually happy with what i do now yeah and that cycles back to the first quote which is about what you think you should be mm -hmm. based on other people and then you realize no that's not who i am you know like i'm happy with who i am why, why do i have to bend myself out of shape just to mm -hmm. again please others expectations so yes. it's all tied together in a way i like the that you chose these three specifically but i'm sure you have others too i have a lot that i um, um yeah colored. give us give us another one uh, another one that really spoke to me is a very short one it's called or it says life is a series of moments and and that speaks much more to me because when you people say life is not a straight line mm -hmm. i don't know lines is also not something i associate with i just yeah. like the term moments because then it's like a map where you can that's how we remember things too yes right? we remember totally, things in moments totally. we don't really have like a movie that plays mm -hmm. i mean we do at the end of the day because we can put one image after the other but it's it's, it's moments exactly that yeah. i mean when i also sit down to do my um monthly uh review you know cool things that happen yeah, yeah and I, I just like to think about stuff that happened throughout the month write it mm -hmm. down and that i also remember it in moments rather than okay mm -hmm. i started on the first with this and the second this the yeah. third is like no it's not me for example when we went on a hike just recently mm -hmm. up a mountain of course you can think about this and like 
we went from there to from this point to that point that's a straight line literally well it wasn't straight but it's a line literally mm -hmm. but it's not what i remember what i remember is the moment on on the hike yes like when we did a bit of improv D, &D <laughs> uh when we took photos of the landscape and when we philosophized about this book yeah at the lake saw a cow when we saw a cow that was chilling and people were petting yeah so i think it's um i, I agree I, I think that's how we remember stuff mm -hmm. in the moments because we capture it because it's all we ever have right that's true we don't really have to pass you and me are not able to take the past into this room right now no. we are not able to influence the future really like i mean we can do things but how much of that is really going to influence it yes you know? and also what sticks with you during that moment are oftentimes the emotions mm -hmm. so when you think about that moment back you can evoke pinpoint the emotions yeah, yeah. well live live relive them yeah so in total i i'm, I'm glad that i read it hmm. what would you say is the main and maybe there's not one thing you can point out but what would you say is the main thing in terms of maybe it's an emotional state maybe it's a a revelation of some sort a cognitive revelation about yourself or about others or about the human psyche in general or about life that you have learned from this book something that you feel like you're really better at now as compared to before you read it or you're better equipped at least i think subconsciously i was able to say everything is okay and just to go with the flow and just not think too much you know what am i gonna do like keep it at the two books i read per month and then see where it's going to well that didn't really work in june you read no. like six books <laughs> yeah i also have my vacation then <laughs> yeah but like really just do one step at a time mm -hmm. and to remember that i don't that's okay to be normal and mm -hmm. that i just have to enjoy what i'm doing also and... what does normal even mean right like it's just a term yeah you can define it by mm -hmm. pretty much you know any number of factors mm -hmm. and you can look up to somebody and say that person's not normal because they're doing this this and this but that person might think of themselves as quite normal because they also have an idealized self and mm -hmm. so it's just you know what are we doing yeah i just think it's just, it subconsciously calms me down a bit mm -hmm. so do you think it's a good book or rather not so great like, no, where I do think, you rank it i think it's a good book i gave it four stars just because but, you know, I have a certain age, I stand at a certain point in life, I can't understand it all yet. I feel like these type of books are also meant to be read like that. You know, like, mm -hmm. it's okay to read them from cover to cover, but maybe sometimes in life you go back to it, or you pick a book up like that, and you just go to the section that is important to you now. Mm -hmm. Because why read the rest? Or, or if you don't understand something, that's fine. You can go back to it later, maybe. As I said before, you have an experience... Uh, in life and you're like oh now i get it um so i don't think it's a shame or 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 something to worry about also yeah. for our listeners if you read something like that for me as well i don't do you really think i understood everything in Epictetus? like seriously no there's some um, stuff that that just needs a certain yeah. level of ex experiences and to it's, just it's, understand it. it's like that with every book right it's yeah. like that with fiction too should we come to a close yeah all right, so now we're at the part of the show where we're going to close the episode, round it out with some likes and dislikes, and then a recommendation. So please, Priscilla, go ahead, uh, share some of your likes and dislikes. So I have written down three likes. The first one is, this is my first philosophy book ever. 
and it made me think a lot after finishing it and mm-hmm. that's a good sign even though i was quite in a rabbit hole <laughs> afterwards <laughs> then the second like i've written down is the conversational style between the youth and the philosopher um, made me made it possible for me to identify a bit more with the topics mm-hmm. discussed and understand it more in depth and the third like is it's not too long of a book and it's written in a rather easy language so everyone can understand it of course some parts require a bit more brain cells but other than that you know go for it if you if you feel compelled Mm -hmm. and there's one dislike and that's a personal one i didn't understand all parts equally but that's also okay because it's It's not meant to be understood at all points in life and who's this book for and why well people that would like to dive into psychology or philosophy because it's still a mix of both mm-hmm. and that want to start easy and people that would like to work on themselves i think this can be a valid tool or is a valid tool and people that would like to experience the conversational philosophy style in a written form all right so if you're interested in the courage to be disliked please go ahead download it as an ebook somewhere or if you like the book format buy the book and uh, let us know on Instagram, on Facebook. Yeah, we're excited to hear from you. That's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Courage to be Disliked by Ichiro Kishimi and Fumitake Koga. Stay up to date and join the community on Instagram at Reader's Table. If you want to support us and are looking for exclusive content, use our Patreon link in the description. Thank you very much for listening.